You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 548. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who didn't show up for my extra live stream yesterday, Alex. Now I don't know why you have to scream at everyone about it. Uh, so, I'm going to be honest. I have really enjoyed all of the guests that we have talked to and had on the show. Everybody's been great. But this episode, we have back one of my favorite guest co-hosts here on Trophy Wars. A throwback to the old days. If you're wondering who Steve is in the intro, it's Mr. Master of the Dual Screens himself, Mr. Stephen Fontana. How are you doing, sir? Woo! I am ready and willing to be the man yet again and tell everybody on the internet why I'm number one in the dual screen. Woo! Hello, everybody. How are we doing? You know, you know uh, I, I point out the obvious here with the Ric Flair impression. It, every time Ric Flair did that, it always sounded like he was drunk off his ass. Because then when you think about when they think about Ric Flair, he probably was drunk off his ass. Oh, yeah. yeah, he definitely was drunk. Uh, have you all seen the TNA kind of, I don't want to say skit, but the segment between Ric Flair and Jay Lethal where Jay Lethal oh, yeah. does his impersonation of Ric Flair and it's spot on. And it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. You can't do me. <laughs> it's, it's being called out in the chat right now. Rick it's was like, oh my God, it's Ric Flair, even though he's called Rick wrong. Uh, or Jay Lethal. <laughs> oh, um, Rick, I I made a reference to the IT crowd on one of Rick's posts on Facebook, and before we get to the end of the show, I want Rick to confirm whether or not he's actually gone back and watched an episode, because Mark Duplex was definitely down with the IT crowd. It's a fantastic show. And Tricky, I'm going to point out that uh, every time Steven is on, yes, you always miss the obvious. Instead of Steven Fontana, it's Steven Fontana, because it's always a great time with Steven around. Well, I don't One of my teachers called me that in high school. Oh, uh, well, now I feel less cool. Well, I mean, <laughs> during the intro, I have to, like, be proper. Once we get out of the intros is when all the shenanigans starts. Steven, did you start- get made fun of because a teacher called you that? Nah. Good. Because I would need email addresses and real addresses. Nah, I, w- I, was, uh, I was in too many social circles to be made fun of in high school. Oh, he was a cool guy. I wasn't a cool guy. I, was just, I, w- I just knew enough cool people. That so, you were kind of in some situations, like you had some friends, but you, like, yeah. you were also in other ways cool with association, by association. I was cool, if I was cool adjacent. So you, yeah, you you knew enough friends where you were connected somehow through somebody. Right, right. Like, hey, don't mess with Fontana. He's cool. He's 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 a nice kid. He's funny. I was like, all right, cool. That's how I got through high school, basically. Uh, and Rick has confirmed that he has not watched the IT crowd yet. He will, though. And he's saying that Rick Flair spells his name wrong. So. Well, it's it, his name is Richard. So, Richard Fleer. Yes. All right. So, let's give you guys an update real quick. Uh, as you guys know, I spent 25 hours streaming on the Extra Life uh, charity stream. I, wow, I'm, I'm, I, guys, I'm sorry. I am exhausted. I was up for 27 hours yesterday, and I went to bed. And then I woke up to two teenagers 
uh, just making a bunch of noise. So I've got like two hours sleep in the last 48 hours. So like I'm out of it. So if I make mistakes normally more than I normally do, please forgive me. Um, Streaming 25 hours for Extra Life. Uh, personally, I raised over $1,000. Our team has raised over 1500 That's awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, I will be calculating everybody that donated the $5 for God of War. Uh, I have to figure out how many entries and all that stuff. Everybody's uh, subs, bits, donations, everything. All money brought in yesterday is going to go to the charity, so that's going to get added to the $1,000. So I thank you very much. Everybody that joined us in that stream, uh, Felicia was like a rock at the end. Uh, the last three hours of the show, I don't know if much gaming went on because we had like a whole bunch of conversations. Daryl joined the chat, and when Daryl joins the chat, it's uh, it it never turns out well. So, uh, so thank you very much, everybody, for doing that. Uh, last time I checked, extra life. Uh, you know what? Let me just double check now. Uh, one second, Rick. It's okay, buddy. Uh, you were checking out Flair, uh, Pig Floyd, and that's a, that's a little bit more important. Uh, Extra Life. The last update was... Uh, uh, $9.1 million, which is very impressive. Sweet nectar. And obviously you guys know that the money still it can be donated up to December 31st. Everybody's got to... Everybody that hasn't been donated online yet. All that money's going to get sent in, so we're going to have a, a, a bigger total towards the end. But thanks again, everybody. You guys know that Extra Life is near and dear to my heart. It's my 14th year doing it. But Stephen and Alex, I have to be honest. 25 hours yesterday kind of broke me, and I don't know that I can do the 25 hours next year. I'm becoming uh, an old man. You'll, you say that until it comes around, then you get too excited. I, I'm an old man. Uh, you'll be fine. We'll you, you, had, you had extenuating circumstances because you just got like like a weird schedule and everything like that recently. So it, your whole body was in shock. Yeah. Well, I mean, generally I work from seven to night to three in the morning. So waking up at eight o'clock in the morning to start 25 hours. That's a little rough. So, uh, Alex, you were going to say something, sir. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, just conserve all your energy for the year. You know how some people don't eat and kind of starve themselves going on, like going up to a big meal, like a, a buffet or an eating competition so they can eat more. Just, you know, save all your energy up for, uh, Go on a big old sleeping spree so you can save your energy up for extra life. I, I will tell you, I was on vacation for the last week, and I've, and I've gotten smarter over the years to go on vacation the week before extra life so I can actually, like, rest up and I'm not getting off of work at 3 o'clock in the morning. There was I, – I was so sleep-deprived leading up to, the, uh, you know, starting that week off that I went to bed at, like, 8 o'clock at night, and I didn't get out of bed until 6 p.m. the next day. I just – I was out. I slept for like 22 straight hours. You know what never sleeps? PlayStation. You just want us to go on with the show, don't you? I Very much so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, Steven. All right, let's do our updated <laughs> trophy count. I am level 683. Total trophies of 16,900. Nice even number there. With a plaque count of 375. Yes, I earned a platinum yesterday. Alex, what about you, sir? I am level 464 with total trophy count of 8,160 with a platinum count of 131 in 130 games. Yeah, we talked shit about that yesterday, just so you know. Steve, you talk, wait, wait, wait. Talk shit about what? Your your uh, fake plat count. What do you mean by fake plat count? I'm being honest. 
No, you got 131 plants. Yield is level 482. Total of 8888. Yes, he stopped purposely on there just to have that monument with 159 plats. Sid is level 785 total trophies of 20,091 with a plat count of 616. That's insane. Well, I mean, I kind of helped him get there. <laughs> I don't care. That's insane. Uh, I'm level 301, a trophy count of 2764 and 11 platinums. Woo! I'm not a platinum right. hunter, folks. It's not, it's so, not, my, not my thing. Qu qu question here from the chat, uh, Stephen. So Stephen needs to explain his plats to me. He earned five of his 11 over a week and then spread the other six over seven years. What the hell happened in that week? Uh, that was when we had like a wager going. It was when I was doing uh, trophy whores more consistently. And we had like a weird contest going. So I went and found as many of those dumbass things I could do. Like I didn't like, I didn't, I don't like doing the cheap ones, but I think I have like one or two cheap ones. I think I am Mayo is one of them. Um, Square but, Boy is another one. Square Boy, was, you you still had an issue with Square Boy, so I, I want to hear it. I, I still don't have Square Boy. <laughs> Square Boy was not that easy, okay? Only, I, I'm I not mean, saying it was easy. That's why I don't have it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the other ones were games that I liked that I just played, so it was it was fine. Like the those Telltale games are easy platinums. You just got to play the game. So um, I when I was before those games became unplayable, I I was getting all of those as well, but. I really, I'm not a, I'm not a platinum chaser. So, uh, Rick says I'm platinum through Sid this year. You're absolutely right. And uh, Rick says that week was a trophy war casualty. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <coughs> All right. So, uh, what we're playing, Stephen? We'll start with you, sir. What have you been playing, sir? Oh man, um, I have been playing. So, dual screens. For those who who don't know what dual screens is, uh, we have pretty much shifted to be 100% uh, indie game coverage. So, a lot of what I've been doing is indie game related. And I actually played um, a game called Paper Cut Mansion. Um, it is available uh, on consoles, I believe. Um, I played it on Steam. I know it's on uh, the um, console that will remain nameless. Here's uh, console gaming. Uh, you can uh, say Xbox pass. here. <laughs> okay, it's it's on Game Pass, so it's also there. So I assume it's on other uh, consoles as well. Uh, former guest of the show, uh, we do we interviewed uh, indie developers on the Dual Screens podcast. Uh, we're well over three hundred interviews at this point. Um, we're we're actually approaching like three fifty at this point. Um, but they were former guests, and their game uh, came out uh, just before Halloween. So uh, I jumped in there, and it's a really, really cool game. Um, it is a roguelite um, action uh, in adventure game um, where the everything is made of paper, and the way that developers made the art is they actually hand-drew everything on paper and then scanned the paper into the 3D uh, program and then actually cut the 2D paper drawings... Um, and then folded them in the the game software and made 3D models out of their 2D drawings. Everything is hand-drawn in the game, and it is so much fun. It is uh, a little bit uh, horror vibes. You're uh, a former detective who doesn't know how he wound up in this weird world, um, and there's, there's a mansion, and there's these rifts that could take you to three different, uh, basically parallel worlds of that mansion. Uh, one of them is the investigative one uh, where you're going around looking for clues. 
The other one is the more action oriented one where there's a bunch of things trying to kill you and you're shooting and, and all that stuff to, and you basically are killing them to like get, get gold. And there's other objectives that you can only do in each one of the worlds. And the other one is this like cold world where there are certain puzzles that you can only do in that world. And you're constantly, uh, taking health damage as you're in that world. So you're constantly bouncing between them to try and get to uh, this special door that has a special um, requirement to open it to get to the next level. And then you'll you'll get through that door and then you'll be able to get to, to a trap door, which brings you on to the next level. And each playthrough... Um, you get, you pick up different weapons, different items. They all, all of the, the puzzle is in a different spot, but what you do end up keeping each run is the clues as to how you died and why you're in this world. So as you're playing, you're unlocking this mystery. Um, and it's, it's so superb. Like I can't even, it's such a unique idea and it's so superbly art or artfully crafted that it was actually kind of it was hard to to even even fathom it was like what I was actually playing um highly highly recommend that one but that that's basically that that's probably the most recent I'll flip through uh, my list as we're going around the horn to see if uh, something else pops it into my head all right Alex basically just cleaning up Darksiders 2 a little bit more. I got to say, going back and getting... That's that's kind of one of those things that I didn't like about this game. And when I originally played it, I talked about how bloated it was compared to the first Darksiders, which I think is excellent. Darksiders 2, there's a ton of collectibles. And going back and getting all those collectibles that I, apparently don't carry over if you do a new game plus. So you got to find them all over again. Really annoying. Um, good game, just the collectibles, they have way too many in there. And they would have benefited from not having so many in there. But I think that Darksiders 2 is kind of the layout, not exactly, I mean, I expect it to be bigger, but the layout I kind of want for Breath of the Wild 2. And that I mean, I want a marriage of Breath of the Wild with the more classic dungeon structure of Zelda. So with Darksiders, you have four kind of open world sandbox areas, and within each one of those, you have a bunch of different dungeons. So I want a more open world game, but with more dungeons. So fewer shrines, cut the shrines in like a third and do more classic Zelda dungeons. So, I, um, yeah, if, if Darksiders 2, um, I, I'm not as happy with that as the first one, but I think if Darksiders 2 could be more, or Breath of the Wild 2 could be more like Darksiders 2, then I would be willing to buy it, whereas Breath of the Wild I completely skipped over. You can't give me a Zelda game with crappy dungeons and crappy bosses and expect me to, you know, get on board. So, if Breath of the Wild is more like Darksiders 2, then I will likely buy it and play it. All right, Steven, a uh, question from the chat. Rick wants to know how Fallout 76 compared to 3, yeah. New Vegas, and 4. So I, I started playing uh, 76 on a whim. Um, I just had that itch, and I knew that the game was out long enough, and I, you know it's free to play and everything like that. So Fallout 76 is actually in a really good place right now. Um, it plays a lot more like a single-player Fallout game with friends than, uh, than I know it did at launch and that I really thought it would. Um, very, very interesting and story going on in world being built around there. Uh, it is very similar to what you would think of, you know, of playing a fallout. It's more similar to classic fallout than, than you would think. Um, the other cool thing is that, uh, and they added this a couple of years ago, I think, um, they have the, the fallout first, which is their monthly subscription. 
which gets you like regular loot box crap, but it also lets you have private server, which really helps when you want to play with just your friends and not have your shit stolen by other NPCs. Um, and I've been playing it that way and really enjoying it. It's really easy to get into. You just explore the world like you would a Fallout game. Don't let me, you know, steer you the wrong way. If you like just the single player Fallout experience, this is not a single player Fallout experience. It's just very close to it if you're willing to put up with uh, player characters running around and possibly killing you, robbing you. You can turn uh, pacifism on where they you have to accept a fight in order to get into one with other people. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't go into your base and take your items from you. So um, if you're okay with that kind of situation, um, it's definitely a lot of fun. But I recommend, it, you know, get either paying for the first so you can have your own private server where it's basically just playing a uh, single-player Fallout game um, that has a ton of options, cosmetics, all that fun stuff that you would get from a normal MMO. But yeah, I was playing that for a little while there as well, uh, leveling up my character and just having fun with my cousin running around in the wasteland. So it's a, it's it's really it's really fun to play a multiplayer Fallout game I just kind of wish it didn't have the other players randomly stealing your crap or nuking your base because they feel like it. Um, but everything else works pretty pretty well, and I've never felt like there was an egregious gotcha mechanic or anything like that. All right. He says he, it might be time for him to jump in on a private server, so thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's get in. Oh, wait. Excuse me. I didn't tell you what I was playing. Uh, I got the Platinum in Gotham Knights last night. Uh Thank you again for Felicia for pushing me to get that because I was really struggling to uh, grind that last bit part out. Um, I played Division 2. Got to finish up some more. Uh, I got to earn like 12 more levels to get all the keys I need for the event by tomorrow night at 3 a.m. Um, and I started to play New Tales from the Borderlands, but I... Played for like two minutes and I was like, nope, go back to the division because I didn't want. I was I did it at the end of my stream, so I was like, I, I don't want to get too involved in this because I'm half asleep. Don't want to miss the story. And if it plays like the Telltale games, like you obviously you need to pay attention to the story to know what decisions to make and stuff like that. And I was kind of fading, so I didn't really give that too much of a shot. Uh, I got to say that as much as I love the first game, Ashley had kind of like we were surprised it when it. I'm sure it was the release date was mentioned at some point, but I had forgotten that game was coming out. Until Ashley mentioned, oh, hey, it's out. And then we saw that the reviews for it are kind of like in the middle ground. So, I mean, I I, I want to play it to see how it, well, I don't know. Given the fact that they're not continuing the story from the first one and the characters from the first one are not involved, uh, bad, like kind of middle ground review scores don't really help it in my case. I mean, I'm sure we'll get around to playing it, but it's not something that is like, if it was like, hey, this is a continuation of what was before, then, oh, sure, great. I'd, I'd play it probably before god of war pokemon but now it's kind of in the backseat just because of some of the decisions they made post um telltale yeah according to rick it's apparently a lot of playthroughs for the plat and it's an ultra rare at the moment on play, uh psn profiles so it's not it doesn't sound like an easy plat like the noble telltale games well it may i mean it may not be made by telltale either so i mean you could you could expect that as well yeah, I mean, honestly, I, if I have to play it through multiple times, that's, I mean, that's annoying, but it's not really the the ter most terrible thing. The, the I think the worst part is, again, 
I'm less enticed by the story because of the decisions they made. So that's probably above anything else the reason I'm going to put off playing it until further down the road. All right, understood. All right, so let's get into our topics. Uh, Alex, remember a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, we talked about how Embracer Group uh, had changed the name of a studio to Onama? Onama? Yes, and I would actually, Andy might have been on that episode. Uh, Well, don't worry about pronouncing their name again because it just got shut down. Uh, All right. This is coming from this is coming from IGN and written by Cat Bailey. The Embracer Group is shutting down Onama just months after its acquisition, with some staff set to be transferred to the sister studio Eidos Montreal, as reported by Bloomberg. This closure will impact some 200 employees. Formerly known as Square Enix Montreal, Onama was acquired along with the rest of Square Enix former Western Holdings back in August. It took on the name back in October. According to Bloomberg, the move is likely a cost-cutting measure as Eidos Montreal is reportedly reducing the scope of one project and plans to cancel another. Eidos Montreal is also reporting helping Microsoft to develop a game in the Fable franchise, though it's unclear if it's serving as a sports studio for Playground Games' Fable project. It appears to be the, similar to the deal that Crystal Dynamics is with the initiative co-developed uh, Perfect Dark. So uh, it's a little weird that they went through the whole thing to say we're changing your name, and then a couple weeks later, nope, we're just shutting you down. I mean, Embracer Group has spent a lot of money recently and made a lot of acquisitions, and if you're not paying attention, you probably don't know how big Embracer Group is and what they actually own. It's a lot. I mean, they recently bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. Um, But, I mean, so with how many studios they bought, I mean, at some point, yeah, something like this is going to happen where they're like, you know, we spent a lot of money and now we need to kind of curtail things to where we can keep the tech that you guys own, proprietary tech, and, you know, keep a lot of the the brain trust in there and move people over to different studios. But as far as certain satellite studios or certain, you know, development studios we own, it's not surprising, you know, that they would shut some stuff down after big purchases. All right, Steven, you were about to say something. I have no idea what they're doing. I don't, I don't understand Embracer. I, I, like, they don't, they don't function like any normal business <laughs> like i have no clue what they're doing at any point so it's like <clears throat> there's no point in trying to like di- dissect the news here like they rename a studio and in two weeks close the studio like literally it was like the 15th day they closed the studio it's right just, who the hell knows i mean it could have just been the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing when i see embracer group i think chaos incarnate so i have no idea what the hell they're doing over there yeah i i i can't really add anything to it because like just you spent all that time and effort to rename the studio and it's like two two weeks later you're like oh don't even worry about it anymore because uh you guys don't exist anymore and if you look at bizarre well if you look at um embracer group like some of the stuff that they've been working on recently you know, Knights of the Old Republic, the remake, had to be re- had to be moved from Asper to Saber Interactive because the project wasn't where Disney and where Sony wanted it to be. And then you had, you know, the new Saints Row, which has been, you know, pretty uh, received. I don't want to say poorly, but pretty me- mediocrely. Like anybody who seemed to want to play it that we knew saw it and was like, yeah, no, we don't want to play that game anymore. And now stuff like this. So, again, I've raised the question before if Embracer is right to be, you know, the head of all these studios or in charge of all these studios. And... Not really a lot of seemingly positive stuff coming out of Embracer these days. 
All right. Uh, Mikey Kirsch in the chat says, to be fair, the studio picked their own name and their new logo. He doesn't think Embracer had a hand in that part, just the closure. I would imagine Embracer still approved all those decisions. I, I mean, would think so. They would they, have to, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I feel like they like they knew at some point. Like maybe they had a list of like, oh, here's five studios that are that are not performing that we need to cut to kind of get costs down a little bit, and they just weren't sure if that was going to be one, so they didn't want to give any hints and just be like, yeah, sure, you could change your name, and blah, blah blah blah. But then they let them do like a press release about it. Like at some point, you got to be like, maybe not now. You guys, like, let, wait let's hold weeks. off two weeks to make this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know, man. That's just a bizarre situation. Um, just, I don't even know. Like, what is Embracer's identity? Like, I have no idea. I can't even tell you. You named like fifty franchises. I have no idea which ones they actually make or own or, like, I. I have no idea. It's almost as diluted as Xbox Studios at this point. I have no clue what's going I, on. I, I I think Embracer's slowly trying to become the new Tencent. Just have a hand in everything. Okay, but Tencent, like, their gaming stuff is, like, 10% of their entire, like, catalog. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's, yeah, but it's they, got, they, got, they got their hands in a lot of pots, and so does Embracer. Like, I, I weeks, like maybe, like, weeks ago or months ago, we had an image that showed... Uh, in the Facebook group, they showed like how many studios Embracer owned, and it was yeah. like insane. Yeah, it's it's basically just a, you know a numbers game at that point. But you you know, you know. what uh you know what Embracer will or Tencent will never get their hands on Kojima Productions. Yeah, get your grubby Com- hands off. Coming from IGN and written by George Yang, Hideo Kojima has said that he's been approached for, with some ridiculous monetary offers from other companies to buy his studio Kojima Productions. However, he's been rejecting all of them. On episode 10 of his Spotify podcast, Brain Structure, Kojima says, quote, We are indies, we have no affiliations whatsoever, and are not backed by anyone, and are on good terms with everybody in the industry. He continued to say, Every day I am approached by offers from all over the world to buy our studio. Some of our offers are ridiculously high prices, but it's not that I want the money. I want to make what I want to make. That's why I created the studio. As long as I'm alive, I don't think I'll ever accept those offers, end quote. And I cannot be happier to hear him say that. That is, uh, I mean, we've, we've speculated many times, you know, with all these studio accusations going on, is PlayStation or, or Xbox going to buy Kojima Productions? And I've said time and time again, there's no way in hell Kojima's ever going to work for somebody else again. He's going to be the head of his studio, and that's the way he wants to run his life. The way the whole thing with Konami ended and you know, Metal Gear Solid 5 and all of that, how all of that happened, I can't see him ever being tied down to one studio or uh, one publisher. Um, plus, he gets to be so much more creative by signing these little contracts to make games. You know, he's making a mobile game now. Like, he's just kind of doing whatever the hell he wants. And and honestly, that kind of Kojima's a little scarier. So I like that. When Kojima's a little scary, um, that excites me. Alex, did we lose Alex? Yeah, for a moment, but I'm, I'm back. There he is. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, are you I, back? Because you you still you still kind of robot-y. Yeah, is this better? That's yeah. better. Yes. Yeah, no, I I find it hard to believe, and I guarantee that both Microsoft and Sony approached him. He, I bet those were two of the companies 
Because, I mean, who else is going to buy that? I mean, Konami, we can already consider is out. They're not going to be buying anybody. They're just going to outsource all their work. And, uh, yeah, I don't... If, do you, oh, God. Could you imagine if Konami offered him a deal and said, yeah, I'll go back? I would love to listen to that episode of his... Oh, we're losing Alex again. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Death Stranding, you know, which was his big project, which he built in, like, about three years, which was one of those things that took a lot of people by surprise. Um, oh, uh, okay, Alex, we, we lost you, so we kind of moved on a little bit, so we didn't hear a thing you just said. Sorry, Alex. Alex is having internet problems, apparently. The webternet is is out to get Alex. I'm going to text him. Uh, Steven, please keep keep going with what you were saying. Um, yeah, I, on, P, on PS4 and PC... Now we can. We, we heard you there for a second. On PS4 and PC... In the first year, it looks like Death Stranding sold 5 million copies, which is nothing to snuff at. Um, and, of course, uh, it had its re-whatever-the-hell-that-was for PS5. I don't know. It, it outsold a lot of really big games, too. Like that, So it's not like it was nothing. Um, but, I mean, it sold more than Persona 5. It sold more than The Last of Us Remastered. Oh, no, it sold less than The Last of Us Remastered. Excuse me. Um, it sold more than The Last of Us Part 2, apparently. Um, it sold less than Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it sold more than Far Cry New Dawn. It sold more than Medieval. It sold more than uh, Shenmue 3. Uh, it sold more than Half-Life Alex. Uh, sold more than Dark Pictures Anthology. So, I mean, it, it was on... It sold more than Madden NFL 20. Oh, no, less. I'm sorry. They, I was just they, saying, that, they that, mis, that's they mismatched these. They, I'm trying to find... The, uh, it sold more than Bloodborne. Um, so, in, uh, and of course, that's in the first year. So, I don't know if that... But those are huge numbers for a, a first outing from a, from a new studio. And, you know... And just the taste of what he can do, because he really only had the three years that he worked on that one. So that that game, for lack of a better term, was pretty. That was rushed. <laughs> like that that game was made very quickly. Um, I could not play that game because it drove me bananas. As somebody who suffers from OCD, um, and also anxiety, it did not do well for those parts of my brain. But I digress. All right, Alice, we have you back? I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> you were going in and out, so I just told Steven to keep talking. Yeah, I uh, the AT we have no good internet <laughs> options here. Spectrum sucks, AT&T sucks. But, I, you know, I I find it hard to believe that Sony wouldn't go to him, and even Microsoft as well, like, wouldn't go to, to Kojiba and offer to purchase them and then say, you have complete and full autonomy. I think that would be part of the package. But again, you know, maybe after the experience with Konami, Kojima's like, no, I just, I'm going to be... Maybe he's so traumatized by Konami that he's like, no, never again. And it's nice, it is nice to hear for once someone who cares more about what they're creating than the money they'll get from it. I mean, I don't I don't know his bank account. I don't have access to it. So he may not have to worry about money at all. He yeah, may you be. Gotta, a, you got to imagine he's set for life by now. Yeah. I mean, certainly with all he's done for the game industry, you would hope so. But I mean, it is nice to hear that, hey, I want to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to let anybody have a say in that. I mean, that's for uh, someone who cares that that passionately, passionately about the the art and the video games they create. It's nice to hear. So, but I, I can't believe that that knowing Kojima's abilities and how he feels about 
you know, ownership of his own IP that everybody who comes to him wouldn't say, you can, you get to decide whatever you're making. I can't believe that wouldn't be part of the conversation. Rick says in the chat, Kojima is the Tarantino of game designers. I, that's not a bad comparison. I, th- I think he like I think he doesn't like feet as much, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, moving on and, to our next and topic. And not as much of a gross underbite. Or, oh, oh, yeah, an underbite, yeah. Moving on to our next topic. This one kind of scares me a little bit. Coming Also coming from IGN, written by Ryan Dinsdale. Marvel has entered an agreement with FIFA and Battlefield publisher EA to make at least three action-adventure games based on the Marvel comics. As reported by Bloomberg, this deal will begin with the previously announced Iron Man game from EA Motive, with all three games coming to consoles and PC. Though details about what's coming after Iron Man are still thin, each game will feature its own original story set in the Marvel Universe. Perhaps known more for sports and traditional shooter games, EA is looking to increase its offerings with the Marvel deal. Quote, we have an intentional, deliberate strategy to bring to have a balanced portfolio. There will be Marvel fans who don't play other EA games. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Sorry. I had my ad lib on there. Uh, it's unclear if the second or third game will be centered on different Marvel characters like the Hulk or Thor, or there will be follow-ups to the Iron Man game, similar to what Insomniac has done with Spider-Man, its spin-off Miles Morales, and the upcoming sequel. Nothing about a release schedule or signal or a single versus multiplayer focus was mentioned either, though we do not know that EA Motors Iron Man is a single-player action-adventure game. Uh, and I'm going to stop reading from there. Uh, I think my comments before I let you two go is it scares me when EA is involved in a game that's not a sports franchise. I, th- I think we all remember the the big uh, epic fail that they had with Battlefield 2 and its release and you know, we don't make single-player games anymore and all this other stuff. Now, they kind of redeemed themselves with uh, Fallen Order, but they haven't won me back yet. Uh, Alex, we're going to go to you first. Well, I mean, so yeah, they, like, we know that with, like, Battlefront 2 and other Star Wars games, they've really stumbled, but they also put out Jedi Fallen Order, which is a really good game, so they're they're remaking dead space ea has their moments where they can you know do something that's really great for the gaming industry and will please a lot of people uh i think the important thing from this is yes they have a contract to make three games but they also don't have an exclusivity deal when it comes to marvel so just because they're making these games doesn't mean that disney can't sign you know deals with other studios they can't you know they can go out and sign a deal with ubisoft they can go out and sign one with activision or you know microsoft whenever microsoft swallows up activision or you know with Sony as well, so they can still sign deals with other people and have other people make games. So I, you know, I'm I'm not going to shit on the deal. We'll see what EA comes out with because EA can hit sometimes. It's just you know a matter of which teams I guess they give it to. Steven? yeah, I think it's all a matter of how they they structure it. Is it a character IP uh, license deal? Is it just the Marvel Universe license? Um, there's a lot of different ways you could look at it. I know that Sony's deal with Wolverine um, was at least, and it was it was exclusive. It was they're they're using Wolverine, um, and Wolverine is kind of to Sony as Spider-Man was. At least that's the understanding that I have uh, at when they announced that. So I don't know, I, it, I, but I think, I think Sony that that owns was the rights to Wolverine, right? What's that? I think Sony owns the the rights to Wolverine as it like no, they do with not Spider-Man. anymore. No, not anymore. They don't oh, even own. They don't. They don't. They don't even own Spider-Man for video games anymore. Really? Um, yeah, they only own it for. They own fifty. Per, well, 
whatever the percentage is that they worked out with Marvel to make the movies, that is what they've retain, retained. They don't have cartoon uh, rights anymore. They don't have uh, the video game isn't isn't. But they they negotiated Spider Man separately for video games as PlayStation. Um, okay, fair and, enough. Which is which is fine. I mean that yeah. that's but that was before um, Marvel was or Disney was unhappy with what EA did with with Star Wars. So I think what they wound up doing is the deals going forward after that they were upset about the Star Wars situation. I highly doubt that the IP are exclusive now. Um, so EA making these games is not going to be an exclusive deal. It's just the fact that they were able to get the Marvel licensed characters at all. Um, very similar to how uh, Madden is an EA thing, but the NFL could, if they wanted to, license the NFL property to anyone. Um, they just choose to make it an exclusive deal with EA because EA pays them a lot of money for it. So it's just more, it's, I guess, more lucrative for EA to do it that way. I, I doubt it. it is at this point. I feel like they could make a way more money if more people were able to make NFL licensed games, but I digress. That's neither here nor there. Um, it's a money play, but it's fine. I mean, EA has been pretty solid um, over the last three, four years. Um you know, they, they have their fumbles, uh, but, you know, so does everybody. But they've been one of those companies recently that people are excited about. So this just adds to that excitement. And and to me, rising tide rises all boats kind of situation. Like, this is only a good thing. Um, hopefully they don't get bought out by somebody and then it's just tied to a console. All right. Uh, some comments from the chat. Rick says, can't wait for the comic bubble to burst. Uh, uh, he also said Sid is 47 plats off of being ahead of all three main hosts combined. When he passes all three of you, is that when you'll have him on as a guest? We want Sid to come on as a guest uh, to be more regular of the show. The problem is, is that he goes to bed early. Uh, obviously, you guys know he lives in the UK, so 7 o'clock for us is midnight for him, so it's a little rough to get him on. Uh, some comments as far as the EA deal. Mikey Kerr says, Sony has the movie production rights for Spider-Man. Fox owned Wolverine slash X-Men rights before Disney bought them. Nobody has owned exclusive video game rights as far as he knows. Maybe Activision for a while, for a while, and that's all before all the current license, licensing uh, stuff, obviously. Now, I'm going to pause right there because there's some other comments, but the reason I thought Sony still owned the rights is because when Marvel Avengers came out, Spider-Man was announced as an exclusive character for the PlayStation. It's not a Sony thing, though. That was an Insomniac game. That was a, that was a PlayStation um, that's a PlayStation thing. PlayStation has the exclusivity rights to Spider-Man in video game form currently. I don't know how long that's that goes for, but they have that IP for PlayStation. PlayStation can make it and put it on other stuff. It has nothing to do with Sony. It's a PlayStation thing. Um, okay. And the movie thing is separate. That's Sony not PlayStation. Sony has the movie stuff and they worked out a deal with Mar with uh, Disney so that they they have to have at least I think 50% of the production uh actual production and they get a certain amount of of the the revenue split. It's like a whole big mess in order for them to have it be tied to the civil uh Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that stuff. So, 
Okay. Whole thing. All right. So let's move on to our next topic. Oh, real um, quick. Mind if I add I'm something sorry. to this? Oh, go ahead. Judging by Disney's strategy with how many Marvel and Star Wars, how much of that content that they're pumping out on Disney Plus, if you think these are the only three Marvel video games that we'll be getting for a while, you're dead wrong. They're clearly going to make as much money off Marvel and Star Wars as they can. So you can expect many more Marvel games than just these three uh, for EA. As Rick kind of hinted at, we'll probably be sick of Marvel by the time Disney is done with it and never want to see it ever again. Well, I, I mean, one thing I'll also say about this is it, it seems like Disney, uh, you know, for a while everybody was like saying how Disney wanted to get out of the video game market and, you know, they were, and now they're pushing out to other developers in how many times we talked about the show, like how many Star Wars games we have coming, how many Marvel games now we have coming. Like, it, it seems like Disney is really making the move to have all their licenses in video game form, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, like Rick said, like he can't wait for the bubble to burst. It's like there, there can be a point where we're going to be oversaturated so much with these comic book games and these Star Wars games that it's just, you know, it's going to burst. But then again, we say the same thing about Battle Royales, and they're still going strong, so who the hell knows? I mean, I think we're at that point with the content on Disney+, Plus because even if you're a Marvel fan, I know very few people who are actually watching all the Marvel shows. And at some point, they've been, you know, broken. I think Star Wars is still fine. People are still willing to, to soak up as much Star Wars as they can, but Marvel's a different thing, especially after the Avengers and how we're now moving into a different phase. I think people will still go see movies, but as far as, like, the television product goes, it seems like... People are very um, hit and miss when it comes to watching all those shows on Disney Plus, the Star Wars ones. Yeah, I haven't even started Andor yet. I think I'm going to wait until it's fully out before I start that and just binge watch it. It looks like uh, it looks like PlayStation has exclusivity, not ownership, of the Spider-Man in video game form right now. But ultimately, Disney decides uh, whether or not he appears in other things. Okay. All right, so... Alex, this is going to be right up your alley this next topic. Five Ratchet & Clank games are coming to PlayStation Plus Premium this month. As part of the 20th anniversary, our little uh, character, I forget his name, Lombax, thank you. I just thought of it. Uh, he's celebrating 20 years. Five games are coming to PlayStation Plus Premium. Those five games are going to be Ratchet & Clank, Ratchet & Clank Going Commando, Ratchet & Clank Up Your Arsenal, Ratchet & Clank Deadlocked, and Ratchet & Clank to Future Tools of Destruction. They will be all set on the premium. I'm looking for a date, and it does not give me a date. Oh, there they go. Nope. No, no date. Uh, they're gonna be coming sometime. Oh wait, Here's no, November November fifteenth. Yeah, I just skipped right over it. So November fifteenth, you're gonna get all these games. Uh, Ninja Tito, thank you for the follow. Appreciate that. Uh, so Stephen, we'll go to you first because I know Alice is gonna is got excitement. I want him to hold his excitement back. Uh, just for a little bit, Stephen. What do you think about all these Ratchet and Clank games coming? I think it's great. I don't understand why they weren't already. That's it. That's all. That's all I have to say. Like it's it. They're PlayStation. They're PlayStation games. Like why was why weren't these? Like I get it. It's the PS3 whole backwards blah 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 and all that crap. But like, come on. If just put put your games on the thing. Stop it. Whatever. All right, that's all, uh, that's, that's all I have to say. I know they're great games. Future Tools of Destruction, awesome game. 
Uh, apparently, we have a, one of your fans in the chat. Ninja Tito said, uh, Steve sent you here because you're an absolute legend. Ninja Tito. Boom, boom, and and boom, Rick boom. says, before I let Alex go, uh, Rick says, Agent, Agent Clank on the PS2 is the rarest, and they didn't add it. Uh, Alex, what do you think about all these Ratchet Clank games coming to premium? You know, I've played the... Um... When they came out and added trophies to all the Ratchet... They re-released them on the PS3, I think it was. All the Ratchet and Clank games, I went through and played them for the trophies and had a lot of fun the second time through. The one game in that... Well, I've never played Deadlock because I don't really care so much. If the arena battles are part uh, a smaller part of the Ratchet and Clank games, I'm fine with that. I'd much rather have arena battles, obviously, than racing in Ratchet and Clank. But the only game of the ones I've played... The only one I haven't replayed is Tools of Destruction. So I think it's great that all these games are going to be on the service. I like Steven and, and, you know, I'm like, why weren't these, you know, (laughs) this is one of your biggest franchises. They should have been there a long time ago. When you see this as an announcement, you're like, how are they not already on there? Yeah. (laughs) Just just weird. Yeah. Uh, But I would like to play Tools of Destruction again. Am I going to pay the money for premium just to play Tools of Destruction again? No, but I will say that in the first year of the PS3's life, you know, you had some good stuff. You had MotorStorm. You had Resistance. You uh, had, you know, a few downers. You had Heavenly Sword, which was good, but, you know, there were issues with that game with repetitiveness. You had Lair, which is a complete disappointment. Uh, Warhawk was one of the games that really helped pull up the PlayStation 3. Uh, Nathan uh, Fortune, or Uncharted, Nathan's... Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Drake's Fortune was another game that helped pull it up and Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction going into the fall I think it released in like September or something like that of that year was another game that really kind of helped justify a PS3 purchase you had to wait a while for it but it was a very good game and uh, man when you saw the graphics on that I mean I know that you know Rift Apart looked fantastic but back in the day like that's the first time I think anyone ever thought man Ratchet and Clank kind of looks like it was made by Pixar because this looks so damn good so the game was fun and it showed off the uh, the power of the PS3 very early on and what they could do with the the Ratchet and Clank series. So a good game, and I would like to play it again. I just don't know if I'm willing to to shill out the box to play it again. Uh, you mentioned Rift Apart, also part of this Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is going to be receiving an update as part of the anniversary celebration, which includes five new armor sets for Ratchet and Rivet based on different games in the his- series history. Uh, Rick also says so many games that cost over a hundred pounds secondhand on. PlayStation 2 physical, why don't they add them to PlayStation Plus? I mean, that's a fair point. But as just to answer that, and I really don't want to have a discussion about this because I'm basing this on just my opinion and no fact, uh, I think they're kind of holding back most of the pre uh, first-party games because they don't want people to compare it to Game Pass because right now you can't even compare the two. It's two, di- two totally different services. I, I think that they are hoping people think they are the same service and without having to put their exclusive games on there and still make money on those. That's also fair. All right. Uh, we have to get into the crazy news here. Are you guys ready for this? Uh, Alex, I, I, I know this is not going to affect you, but you might want to sit down and uh, strap on your seatbelt. IGN is reporting... Uh, as written by Adam Bankhurst, the PlayStation VR 2 has officially been revealed. We're getting we're gonna get it on February 22nd, 2023, for the low, low, and I mean low price of $550. Mm-hmm. 
Pre-orders will begin on November 15th if you're interested. As revealed by the PlayStation blog, VR2 will include the, the VR2 headset, PSVR uh, VR sense controllers, and stereo headphones. There will be a VR2 Horizon Call of the Mountain Call of the Mountain bundle that will retail for $600 and will include everything from the standard edition plus a PlayStation Store voucher code for Horizon Call of the Mountain. Also launching on February 22nd will be the VR2 Sense Controller Charger Station, which allows players to charge their controllers through, quote, through a simple click in design without having to connect to a PS5 console, freed up the console's USB ports. Uh, I don't think that's what people are worried about there, sir. Uh, pre-orders, those who live in the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg will only be able to initially pre-order the VR through Sony's online store at uh, direct.playstation.com. While pre-orders will begin on November 15th, those interested can register today to get ready. Uh, Sony also revealed 11 new titles headed to the VR2. They include the Dark Pictures Switchback VR, Crossfire Sierra Squad, the Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, uh, Cosmonious High, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic Park Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith The Last City, After the Fall, and Tent... uh, Why can't I say that word? Tentacore. Uh... While we don't have the full lineup yet, Sony did confirm that it's expected more than 20 titles upon launch. Uh, Now, this is going to be a weird conversation because, Steven, I know as far as VR goes, you say you get vertigo and you can't do VR too much. I have done done VR, and I was uh, was anticipating the VR, PSVR 2. Uh, I really wanted to know what it was going to be about as far as the, you know, the price and what, what was involved. Um, so I could definitely speak on this. Um, plus, I have a couple of unique perspectives on it as well. So I, I am looking forward to talking about it. Okay. And Alex, you are, I'm not going to say you're anti-VR, but you, this VR does not in, in, entice you at all. I'm anti this price tag when I'm already trying to support a Nintendo Switch and a PlayStation 5. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with that. It's not... If someone can afford the technology and wants to play with it, that's, I mean, one of Ashley's sons, he loves VR. He's got a VR headset and he, he loves it. So I know that there's a market out there for it. I'm just not going to bring essentially another PlayStation thing in my house when I already have the console and I'm, I'm fine with just that. It's, it's a lack right. of need for it. I don't really need it. All right. There are some comments in the chat and we will be getting uh, to that, but... Initially, uh, I mean, Alex kind of dropped his opinion so far. Steven, is Sony crazy for launching this at that price? No, they, they're they crazy on how they announced it. Um, I think this was a PR blunder because they did not create su- substantial and sustainable hype before telling people what this was going to cost. Um, let's make something very clear. The people who are buying PSVR 2, I would say 90% of them already have PSVR and also already have a PS5. They're not looking to get new VR or new PlayStation gamers to buy a PS5 and a PSVR 2 for over $1,000. That's not who this is targeting. Period. Don't even stop thinking about it. The, the argument of people saying, why would I get into VR for for $550 while I, when I have to get a $500 console when I could just get a Quest uh, 2 for $400? That's not their audience. That's not who they're targeting. 
period. Just stop thinking about that. They don't care about those consumers. Those consumers are or whatever. What they did a sh really shitty job of 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 uh, get nailing 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 in or I forget. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm having word vomit pro problem. Nailing down. But yeah, the, the problem nailing down is that this this VR headset is is to quote the other side of dual screens. Uh, Andy Asimakis. It is punching way above its weight. Um, it is a thousand dollars easily, uh, a thousand dollar headset easily. If this was just the headset on the market, right? Um, uh, granted you need a PS five. So technically it is a thousand dollar piece of hardware, whatever. Again, we're not going to have that argument, but the problem is they announced a price without showing us the must have titles. They still say that there's unannounced uh, titles soon to, you know, to be announced and all this stuff. That is not how PlayStation sells things. That is not how they ever sold things. Um, they're taking the console approach of saying th this reminded me of the PS3, 599 US dollars. You when they get a when, when all they this. showed us was two games. Like right. you can't do that. Um, if you want people to be excited about it, they they shouldn't even they should have showed the, the headset, how pretty it is, all the stuff, showed the 12 games that they're working on, get people really hyped about it, not announce a price, and then four hours later put a blog post out saying it's 550 bucks. You know how many people would still be like, oh shit, uh man, that was really exciting. I can't wait to play this, 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 and this. 550? Oh, that'll be tight, but oh man, it's gonna be where I can't I I I have to play these games. I'm so excited. Like they did it in the complete opposite way, which just left a weird taste in people's mouths. And I want to say just one thing. I'm a part of many gaming uh, circles, and one of them is a, a Facebook page, and it's got tens of thousands of people in it. These are the, the hardest core of the hardcore gamers. To be in a Facebook group where all you do is talk gaming, like, you're, you're day one adopters. That's who these people are. Right. And one of them is an, this is an admin, an admin for this Facebook group says $550 is a big yikes. I've done plenty of frivolous tech spending over the years, but that seems wild to me, particularly with, with it not being standalone. And then the OP says exactly probably still cheaper than a lot of other headsets, but still that is what they, sh they really fumbled in explaining. They, the tech is way above what they're pricing it for. And they did not get people excited for it. That's that's on them. They have to explain that to consumers. And I I don't the way Sony's been kind of screwing up their PR or, or their advert advertising and their PR lately, I just don't see them being able to correct course, but again, the audience that this VR is actually for um they're in. Like they the 550 is nothing to them. So Yeah, but uh, okay, before I start reading the comments from the chat, uh, the I think the argument cuz everything you just said, I a hundred percent agree with you. Okay, the, the 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 tech is you're not paying as much as you would for the tech if this was standalone. I get that, but I don't think Sony measured expect or properly put the expectations out there to say, "Hey, listen, this is going to be pricey. We're going," you know. They didn't properly say what they needed to do to get that out there. Well, you just dropped something going, okay, this is the VR2, and then, you know, you put out a blog post saying, and, and a video saying it's going to be $550. Yeah, that's a big yikes. 
And it's just optics. It's just optics. That's all. Right. That's all it is. Like they just do it. They did a poor job of communicating it. Like to people who consume PlayStation content every day of the week, you know, even it, it's it's not as palatable even to those people. Um, so it's not the price that's a problem. It's how they. It's the messaging behind the price. Like they just didn't do a very good job. All right. So I'm gonna quickly go through some comments here because there are eight. Quite a lot of them. When we started the topic, Rick says, I will defend this. Ninja said, Tempton, uh, at least a thousand pound hardware for nearly half the price. Ninja says, I bet more people would buy it if you could actually stream VR stream VR games with it. Uh, Rick says, absolutely. I'll buy it because I want to support them going forward. Rick says, I'll be trading in my Series X towards it. If I had a Switch, I'd trade that in in a heartbeat. Ninja says, I got to see how many VR1 games get updated to support VR2, and then I'll make a decision. That is also another thing where they came out and said that the VR1 games are not going to be compatible. Now we have to sit back and wait to see which developers are going to port it up to the VR2. And a lot of them already said it's not really that big a deal. They're just going it, to... It's just a matter of updating the tracking. If they updated the tracking for another headset that uses this type of technology, which are is basically the new standard, a lot of these games are going to be fine. They'll just put a patch out and it'll uh, be fine. So I don't think you have to worry too much. About right. Rick says, none as far as I'm aware... A ninja says, I'll tell you, Skyrim VR is more fun on VR1 than Valve Index for some godforsaken reason. That reason being you can sit down and play with it, which you can't on Steam for some reason. Uh, Rick says, Skyrim and Walking Dead Saints and Sinners were worth uh, my VR1 price. Uh, Matt says, not only that in power, but the VR2 is going to blow the Quest 2 out of the water, plus haptics. Rick agreed. Um, and then there's a bunch of... I gotta check out the VR, uh, the Walking Dead game. Uh... The Horizon game is their killer app. Like there, there's a comment in here: no killer app, no purchase. Uh, from Tris. Uh, that's Felicia. See it. Words are hard. That's Felicia. Um, Just call it Felicia. Um, I mean that's their that's the one that they're they and apparently uh, Half Life Alex will be on that as well. So like they're they're gonna have the killer apps. They just they didn't tell anybody about. Them. <laughs> they didn't show enough of them. They didn't. They they just show. They just announced the uh the price. Like I don't understand why they they decided to announce a ver an expensive peripheral that's as expensive, if not more expensive, than the console, the base console. And you didn't hype the the catalog first. That does doesn't make any sense. All just right, uh, announce the software and show it. The, the last comment I'm going to pick out from the chat is Skin says, the price isn't bad, but I'm with Steve. They need to make people excited. Yeah, that's that's where they fumbled it, for sure. All right. Well, uh, hold on. Um, so okay. this this is going to be one of the most expensive headsets out there, correct? No. This, this is actually no. fairly priced. Uh, but I think, um, I think that you have a big jump. It's almost double the price of the original VR, correct? No, it's the original VR is dollars more expensive. It was how much more expensive? Hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars more expensive. Oh, okay. Uh, well, one hundred fifty. Yeah. The original one came out for four hundred. Well, but that's that was without the if that's if you had the camera and all that shit, wasn't it? I think it was uh, five hundred. It was four fifty if you got the camera, and the move controller, and the headset, like that whole bundle. I think that I, was four fifty. I, I, I bought the standard headset because I already had that stuff. Yeah. So I paid four hundred. Yeah. I'll, I'll research that as I was just talking. 
But I mean, does anyone not think it's crazy that they what? I can't remember how many adopters they. I think it was three million adopters for the first v, PSVR, maybe. But they're raising the price, and it seems like a lot of people who own the PSVR are on a wait and see approach because they want to see if their games, their game library is going to be compatible at some point with the PSVR too. Are, with an with a bump in in cost, are they really expecting pe- more people to adopt this time around? Because as I see it. If your adoption is to get 3 million more users like the first one, or you know you maybe add 500,000, that's not really giving Sony much incentive to support the PSVR in the way that they would need to to get more adopters. So is this going to just be the same performance as the first one? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think price it, does no, matter, I mean, but I think that yeah. I don't think they're going to grow their audience with this either. Well, that that's the thing. I don't think they I don't think they care. Um, I think that they are positioning this to be to to continue the VR. The the people who love VR and have a PlayStation have a really really cheap option to have some of the best VR. Period. And I and I think that's what they're what they're banking on. Again, they need to communicate that. But it is like they're. Like I'm looking at the the HTC Vive. It's a thousand dollars. The uh the Oculus whatever the fuck uh I forget which one it's called. I think it's just the not the Go. Go is what uh well, that's used. Um you know if you're getting anything that's worth a damn, you're paying a thousand dollars anyway. You're paying eight hundred dollars. Paying seven hundred dollars. So like, and and it, again, I just want to point out like when you say like the Vive, the Vive is a thousand dollars by itself. You still need a powerful PC to run it. So yeah, you, you're, still, you're spending you're thousands of dollars before you even do that. This is the same. I mean, this is the, the the price is a shock because what people are hearing is that this is more expensive than their rig. Like anybody that's in the VR world, this is more expensive than the PlayStation Five. Where if you go out and buy a Vive, uh, excuse me, the PlayStation VR Two is more expensive than the PS Five. Where if you go out and buy a Vive, you've already spent thousands of dollars on your PCs. You know so to speak. So adding another thousand dollars isn't that much of a big deal where now you're coming out and saying, this is the VR headset. It only works with this thing and it's more expensive than the thing you bought in the first place. Uh, just before we continue on, I just looked it up. The PlayStation VR bundle at launch, which included the camera, two moves and uh, PlayStation world, which was basically a demo disc was $500 at launch. Mm-hmm. 500. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you needed a PS4. Yeah, but I, I still think that even if Sony's headset is cheaper in comparison, most people who probably buy the VR2 are going to also own a PS5. And when you consider all the purchases that people have made, that's not really cheap. Even if it, the headset is cheap in comparison, you know, the PS, the, the VR is like a tack on for most people. It's not like, oh, I'm going to own a VR and not a PS5. Most people own the PS5, and if they can afford it, the VR. And as we saw last generation, most people didn't see it as a necessary purchase. It's just an add-on that, you know, comparatively few people can afford. All right, moving on here to our next article, also coming from IGN, written by Anthony Wood. As we sit here waiting for God of War Ragnarok to launch on Wednesday, the day this show comes out, uh, we have an article from IGN saying the PlayStation and Santa Monica Studios critically acclaimed God of War 2018 has now sold more than 23 million copies to date according to the latest earnings report from Sony. The new sales figure is 
up from the 19.5 million copies sold as of October 21, with the increase likely in part to own that the PC version of God of War being released earlier this year that saw Sony's biggest launch on the PC to date. That is not a number to shake a stick at. That is very impressive for a game sale uh, that is not God of or GTA. It's a great game. So, yeah. GG's. Uh, Alex, you want to say anything? I mean, this is a kind of a passive topic, but, you know, that's not, a, like I said, that's not a number to shake a stick at. I think we lost Alex again. It's possible. All right. Then we're going to move on here to our next article coming from also IGN, written by Anthony Wood. Uh, a little bit of sad news. The number of PlayStation Plus subscribers has fallen by almost 2 million since Sony launched its revamped subscription service in June. According to the company's latest financial report, Sony's multi-tiered PlayStation Plus subscription service has dropped from 47.3 million at the end of June to, to 45.4 million in the three months leading up to September 30th, a decrease of 4%. Sony highlighted that the ratio of gamers subscribed to the service is significantly higher on the PS5 than it is for the previous uh, PS4. In response, Sony's leadership plans to accelerate the adoption of PlayStation 5 hardware to, quote, recover this user engagement going forward, end quote. The number of active users on the PlayStation Network also dropped by 1 million in the latest quarter to 102 million players. Though the numbers dropped on the digital on the digital side, Sony had a strong showing when it comes to the PlayStation 5 hardware. The company announced it has now sold more than 25 million units and was able to produce roughly 6.5 million PS5s in the three months leading up to September 30th. Uh, does the number of PlayStation Plus subscribers to you, Steven, does that worry you at all? No, because uh, I was one of the two million and it wasn't on purpose. So I imagine there were a lot of people that got all screwed up in the automatic resubscription. You know, is it more money, less money? Which tier do I end up in? Do I have to update the thing? I have to approve this. It's charging me more here. It was just a fumbled rollout of a new service. And I think that between all the kids going back to school and also that happening, I think it was just some, it was just like a kind of a side effect of, of that. It was like a, it, you, the numbers will slowly climb back up once people want to start playing games again, like around the holidays again, stuff like that, where they need their online service. And they, they're like, oh, that's what $12 gets me? Oh, I understand now. I could update that. Because remember, a lot of people bought like three years of plus when it was uh on that crazy deal for uh, like Costco and, and whatever. Like people were buying three years in advance. Well, guess what? You still had to pay a couple extra bucks to get this premium blah, blah, blah. So... If you didn't, if you didn't opt in for that, guess what? Your plus went away. And if you're not logging into your PlayStation, guess what? <laughs> like you, you're, you didn't have plus anymore. You had to like update your payment and like, and stuff like that and like agree to the new tier. So I just think that was really what happened. And it was just an unfortunate thing. And the most unfortunate thing was the headlines that came out of it. In my opinion, it just makes them look stupid and, and incompetent and bad, but that's really not, it's not, the sky is not falling for them by any means. All right. Alice, you back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think about PlayStation plus subscribers uh, down to, well, I mean, it, two million. they mentioned that this is now uh, like the second, there's a certain amount of time where this is like the next, like the second consecutive loss. Uh, I don't know if it's in the period or the month or, 
how exactly it's it's phrased, but they've lost, you know, for multiple time periods now, PlayStation Plus subscribers. I think it originally started at 48, and it's dropped since then from there. Not good. The headline's certainly not good for Sony, and it makes, you know, in the wake of the continued strength of Game Pass, it certainly doesn't make Sony look any good, or the PlayStation Plus service look any good. But, you know, like Steven said, they'll bounce back, they'll recover, you know, people will resubscribe. The, I mean, the important thing is Sony getting, as long as Sony gets consoles out there and people are buying them, because that was one thing that was mentioned in the article, that the fewer people playing on the PS4 and not enough PS5s out there could be part of the reason that the subscriptions have dropped. So as they get more and more PS, as long as they get PS5s out in the wild and people are buying them, then the subscribers will come. Um, whether, even if it's just the basic level, which I have, PlayStation Plus Essential, they'll they'll originally get back, they'll, they'll get back there. So, but, you know, more than anything, actual real concern for Sony is really just kind of like what the headlines look and the gut reaction or the, you know, the uh, the knee-jerk reaction to those headlines and it seeming worse than it actually is. All right. Uh, at this time, we're going to throw it across the pond to Sid for this week's Sophie Trophies. Uh, I clocked it in at eight minutes, so uh, for us, we can uh, go get a drink or go get something you know, use the bathroom, whatever. Stick around and donate eight minutes if you guys have any questions because we're going to go straight into listener to questions afterwards. So in the meantime, enjoy Sid. Sid, take it away, sir. Hello again, my friends. I'm back with another Sophie's Trophies. And this one is for an older game. Um, it was re-released a couple of years ago. Uh, you may hear a noise in the background, guys. That is my little dude, Callum. Um, so let's get on with this one. This one is... Star Wars Episode 1 Racer um, It came out on the N64 many many years ago um, It got a re-release on the PS4 The trophies are actually pretty good I have to say The game itself it doesn't look great these days But it plays, plays really well So let's get to these trophies guys Now the first one as always is the Platinum Now this is Pod Racing And then we have Start Your Engines which is complete amateur pod racing circuit. Simple, just complete all the races. Don't get cocky, kid. Complete semi-pro pod racing circuit. From Uvu 4 to Tatooine. Complete the galactic pod racing circuit. Invitation accepted. Complete invitational pod racing circuit. So, this one, guys... All easy, those ones. All you have to do is complete each race in each circuit. You have to come three or over. Um, this is pod racing. Finish your first race. Light speed. Reach 700 miles per hour. Kessel run. Reach 1,000 miles per hour. Now, you will need to upgrade your ship, so that trophy will come later. May the first be with you. Coming first place. Don't count on it, slime ball. Taunt your opponents. So, you know, you can tell guys are all pretty self-explanatory. It's a new lap record. Set a new lap record. Mind tricks don't work on me. Only money. Purchase your first upgrade. So you can upgrade your engines, um, your turning, your traction, and things like that, and your boost. Inkabunga. Complete a boost start. Bantha Pudu. Hit 10 enemies with Sebulba's weapon. So before you can do this one, guys, you need to unlock Sebulba, um, which I can't actually remember how you do that. 
See, I'm good at this, aren't I, guys? But um, once you've unlocked Sebulba, I think you have to pay for him. Um, then you can use him and just go around the race and shoot 10 enemies with his weapon. Bullseye. Unlock Bullseye Navior. The Devlick is in the details. Unlock one Sondage. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying these names right, guys, but they're two characters that you need to unlock as you play the game. Woohoo! Perform a boost. The fastest racer in the galaxy. Finish all races in first place. So the best way to do this one, guys, is if you just go through the races and you can't get any higher than third, but you're still making it through, just wait till you've unlocked uh, a few upgrades. And it, each upgrade really does make the game a lot easier. Break check. Unlock Team 2 Pagales. Cell block racer. Unlock Fud Sang. Um, yeah, another two you have to unlock. Another two names I've probably announced wrong. Um, but I have to say... Star Wars is full of stupid names. Um, me and my stepdaughter this morning, we were talking, and uh, my little laddie's playing... Uh, what is he playing? He's playing a Star Wars game, Battlefront 2. And he started talking about Count Dooku, and she just started giggling to herself. Um, so that just goes to tell you what certain people think of these names. And you came, you looked around, you bought. Purchase all of the best upgrades. So you can either keep doing races, earning the money, or what I'm doing at the moment is I'm earning a bit of money and unlocking a certain level of upgrade and then going back to do certain races because you earn more money if you come in higher places. Um, I'm doing it that way. So it doesn't really matter how you do it. Each race you do will earn you some credits and then you can save up or just buy the next upgrade or, like I say, save up for the best upgrade. It takes a little while, but it's easy enough to do. Eat my exhaust. Taunt during a boost. So, do a boost and do a taunt at the same time. It's working. It's working. Repair your engines from warning back to stable as Anakin. So, as you go around the track, your engines, uh, there's a little picture, and each section will go from green to red, uh, showing how much damage is on there. So, once you are um, in red, just hold R1, I think it is, guys, to repair your ship, and you will get back to normal. And he will shout, it's working, it's working. By far the favourite today. Unlock Sebulba. Welcome to the dark side. Unlock Slide Parimeter. Then we have Beedo's Wild Ride. Unlock Aldar Beedo. Then we have Taking the High Road. Unlock Bozzy Baranta. Then we have Servo Droid Inc. Max out your pit crew. So you can pay to upgrade your pit crew, much like you upgrade your ship. So do that, get them to uh, full strength, and you will get that trophy. Win a race with Sebulba. Um, this one, guys, uh, easy enough because Sebulba is pretty fast. So all you need to do is do a race with Sebulba, and you will win, win that trophy. And the last one, guys. Left, I mean right. Complete a mirrored race. Um, so in the options, put your tracks to mirrored and you will play the game backwards or mirrored or whatever. Um, complete that and you will earn that final trophy. So that, guys, is Star Wars Episode 1. There are 30 trophies. Um, it is a good game. I quite enjoy it. 
it's one I dip in and out of quite a lot. Um, well worth getting, it's about £8, so for that price, considering it was £60 on the N64, there you go. So yeah, that's it from me this week guys, hope you're all doing okay, keep getting those trophies, bye. Alright, we're back, thank you Sid for that wonderful Sophie's Trophies. Uh, me and Steve were kind of fighting in the... The Twitch chat a little Sid, bit. Sid makes me th that that Sophie's trophies made me feel like I was in a horror movie, hearing like a little child in the back of my brain. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit scary. It reminded me a little bit of Clock Tower. I won't lie. Uh, Sid, I know you're not in the chat, so I'll give you the feedback. Uh, Felicia said that. Uh, oh, was it Felicia or was it Rick? Hold on, let me just confirm. Uh, Rick says he's glad that you're doing more than just rat games. Unfortunately, that's all I'm feeding you lately, so uh, it's kind of hard to play that. But maybe we'll get a Sophie Sophie's on God of War next week. And it's like a good example of, you know, he talked about how this game was previously released on the N64. It's nice to see an older game come back, and for us trophy hunters, you can play a game that you enjoyed in your younger days, but get trophies for them. So that's a nice, it's a nice way to revitalize these old games, to add a little bit of an extra layer to them. Absolutely. All right, we don't have any list of questions, but we can't do a show without it. Time to check my social media, yeah. All right, we're going to go into our topic of the week. This is coming from IGN and is written by George Yang. Uh, unfortunately, we have to cover this ag yet again on the show. This is getting a little annoying, but, uh, you know, we're reporting the news to you. Xbox Phil Spencer has said that the, should Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard go through, the company will continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation as long as there is PlayStation consoles out to ship to. On the same brain YouTube channel, Spencer said, we're, quote, we're not taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That is not our intent. Our intent is not to do that as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to. Our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation, similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we owned that. End quote. He goes on to reiterate how Microsoft has kept My Minecraft available on other platforms and that Xbox could do the same for Call of Duty over the next few years. Spencer also notes that players have invested a lot of time into their respective console ecosystems and that the most notable change is that more games will be coming to Game Pass. Spencer also added that he'd like to see the series on Nintendo Switch. Elsewhere, PlayStation revealed earlier that day that the recent launch of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was the biggest PlayStation Store launch ever for a game in the franchise, including pre-orders and day one sales. While Spencer re reiterates his intent on keeping Call of Duty on Sony's platform, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan revealed earlier this year that Microsoft only offered three additional years for the franchise to stay on PlayStation after the existing agreements expire. Currently, the acquisition is being held up by the UK Com Competition and Markets Authority, as well in the city of New York and the U.S. Justice Department, in particular, the UK competition watchdog has recently started asking for the public's opinion about the matter. In Brazil, the acquisition has already been approved, stating that its goal is to protect the consumer, not the PlayStation's own interests. I read the entire article, so please go give that a click. I'm going to reserve my comments because we've gone on this a bunch of times, but I, I, I think Phil Spencer's comments are bullshit, and I'll explain why. But, Alice, we'll start with you, sir. Well, 
I wonder if anyone picked up on this. He said, as long as PlayStation is around, I wonder what the context was that with that was. Was he citing or foreshadowing the end of PlayStation once they buy Activision? Like, oh, we're going to put Sony under. Um, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but uh, I could see how somebody would, idiot on the internet, would run with that and say, he said, as long as Sony's around, he doesn't think PlayStation's going to be around forever. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, here is what's likely going to happen. They're going to put Call of Duty on Game Pass, and they're going to let pe- make people who own PlayStations buy it. That's what's going to happen. It makes no sense for them to do anything else. Again, best best experiences on Xbox, but for you know tying it to a subscription for Game Pass gives you the the leverage more than enough leverage for them to keep it on Sony's consoles regardless. So you will be able to play some form of Call of Duty on your PlayStation. It's just you're going to have to pay for it, whereas people who or an Xbox or, you know, play through Game Pass are going to be able to play via subscription, um, you know, monthly subscription. That's it. Steven? I love I love how, like, throughout all of this, Sony was like, hey there, Mr. Xbox, look at this. Your game sold the best on our thing. Here's a big old Call of Duty cack on the table. Take it and leave. Take it or leave it. Um, I like that whole aspect of it. I don't think any of this matters because uh, they're going to make money regardless. And that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, you said they. Who? What day are you referring Microsoft. To? They're going to make money. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to make money. It, it'll be on PlayStation. They'll make their money. And then even if it's not on PlayStation, they'll make their money. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. And I'm tired of arguing about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're all tired of arguing about it. But I'll never play an Activision game again until Bobby Kotick is Viking funeraled out into the Hudson River. Uh, I I expected Alex to chime in there saying, hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm I know I was silent, but I mean, last game I bought was Crash uh, Crash 4. And that was before all this news came out. And yeah, I'm not, as long as Bobby Kotick is involved, which again, he's not going to go in and be second in command to Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer's not going to let him hang around. They're not stupid. It's bad PR. So they're going to offer him some money to go the fuck away. That's just what's going to happen. So, but if by chance he sticks around, yeah, nothing from Activision is going to be purchased uh, from funds from my wallet. All right. Uh... We gotta put our conspiracy hats on, gentlemen. You're doing this a lot Already? lately. I don't. I, you're you're getting crazy with this. I, yes. Um, I see this one of two ways. One, I see this as Xbox saw the sales that they just got on the PlayStation and said, "Fuck, we can't take it off." So it sounds like to it personally sounds like to me that Phil Spencer turned around saying, "Oh no, we can't take it off of PlayStation because we'd lose a shitload of money." But I also see this. I also see this as PlayStation gamers speaking out with their wallets, and that this is the biggest Call of Duty launch ever. And the the PlayStation gamers have turned around and said, "We're gonna buy this game so much that we're gonna show Microsoft they they cannot take it off of PlayStation because they're gonna lose so much money." If this is advice for you, Tricky, if. What if I know you don't agree with me? Think if what you think is something that sounds like you would have heard it on the playground in eighth grade. Oh God! Chances are the multi-trillion-dollar company that is Microsoft is not thinking that. 
Um, they, they, I, I cannot stress this enough. The amount of money that they spent to purchase Activision is a drop in the bucket for Microsoft. Like, a drop in the bucket. It would be like you giving your child money for ice cream. It doesn't matter. And they could care less how much money it makes on PlayStation. However, here's my conspiracy. They didn't say which Call of Duty game, and, and I think I saw that that comment in the chat. What if they just make Warzone a constant PlayStation thing and the new call, you know, the newest, newest and latest Call of Duty ends up on their little thing? You never know. But I also do want to say this. I think that it's not the PlayStation gamers voting with their wallet. It's the fact that Modern Warfare 2 um, is one of, is is one of, if not the most beloved uh, modern Call of Duty games of all time. Um, that was the biggest selling uh, Call of Duty game for such a long time. And the fact that this is like essentially a reboot or whatever of that, I think got a lot of people to to want to buy the game. Um, people that may have been lapsed Call of Duty fans and stuff like that. All right. Uh, some comments from the chat. Uh, there's two comments from Rick that I cannot read <laughs> on this. Uh, is it? Are but, they in Rick's uh, own language? Um. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, well, I I won't say it's Rick's own language. I think it's. Language of that country that uh, let's well, just say he said a you're, word. You're talking. That, see you next. You're talking slang that you uh can't repeat on it, a stream. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Rick brought up to see you next Tuesday. Uh, Rick says his tin tinfoil hat is his favorite. Uh, Matt says, uh, not even maybe Microsoft doesn't give a shit about money with Xbox. To be honest, Rick says my conspiracies are silly. Uh, Matt says they have a gajillion dollars. Um, yes, they do. Rick wants to know, did you know Marilyn Manson had two ribs removed? Okay, all right. Keep it on track there, Tricky, all right? I, I, I didn't – I wasn't going to finish You don't have to read it. every comment. Let them talk to each other about uh, give, about Marilyn Manson. This is a rumor that we heard in 1996. Like, we don't need to go I wasn't going to finish this. it. Uh, Jesus Christmas. Okay, and then the last thing, Felicia says, Sony will just get a Call of Duty without all the additional map DLCs, which will be Xbox <laughs> exclusive, which I think is, is more likely. Uh, yeah, I just... I I really can't see Microsoft taking Call of Duty off of this. I, I think this is a lot of yelling across the aisle and nobody really knows what the hell's going to go on. I think Sony... And PlayStation is scared if they lose Call of Duty, but Sony will be just fine if they lose Call of Duty, and Microsoft will be just fine if they keep releasing on the PlayStation. Like I think this is a lot, a lot of yelling over nothing. Honestly, I think they that's uh, Sony has spent a lot of money on exclusivity uh, deals, early access to D to DLC, to maps, to all that shit. Like they spent a lot of money and a lot of time in building up their Call of Duty audience that I think that this would just be a, a really shitty hurdle to have to jump over for them. But other than that, at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens, and both will move on and be fine from it. All right. That is going to bring us to the end of our topics. Uh, this is actually a fairly short show that I thought we were going to do. With the amount of times we had, I thought we were going to go longer. Uh, so at this time, let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Steven, I'll let you start us off, sir. 
Housekeeping, Jesus. Oh, no. You, you think shout I remember out. how to do housekeeping? Uh, did I say housekeeping? I'm sorry. I meant shout outs. Jesus. I was like, you think, I don't even, I don't, the, I guess you do have the phone number on here. So that, that at least works. Shout outs well, to all of the Dual Screens fam for showing up and having a good time tonight. Thank you so much for doing that. Shout out to Trophy Horse for having me on. It seems to be our like biannual thing that we do, which is fun. Um, I appreciate that, of course. Um, yeah, and uh, shout out to Alex and Tricky and, and the chat here. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to the big, beautiful children and Extra Life. And uh, shout out to all the people who didn't put razor blades in the apples and candy this year on Halloween. Shout I didn't have you, enough man. time. Good job. Did, yeah. Did, did, okay, Yo, I have to ask <laughs> this before I go to Alex's shout outs. Did any of you ever experience something like that in all of our years of being alive? Or is no, that just a scare not. tactic by the parents? <laughs> of course not. That, that that was just a scare tactic by the parents, right? To get to steal I, I our candy. I don't know if it was by the parents, but I, I I'm sure somebody said something to somebody, and then the news ran with it, and that was it. There's probably a greater chance of someone accidentally dropping some edibles, like accidentally switching edible like gummy bears or something like that, for the Halloween candy, and your kid getting a hold of some of those, than there is somebody putting razor blades. Because like honestly, that may have happened at some point, and like. Like finding like what mean to back in the nineties they found like uh, what a nail in a, in a Pepsi can or something like that like you know probably something uh, a rare story mistakes happen yeah, man a rare story that scares everybody <laughs> but no I never experienced it no one I knew experienced it because if someone's gonna do that what's the benefit oh you put a razor blade in somebody and they cut their mouth like yeah that fucking sucks but what like what is the psychopath who does that how do they benefit I don't know um, so kind of a more rare occurrence than a widespread thing. Rick wants to know who the fuck is wasting drugs on kids. Idiots, people who get way too drunk. I'm not calling Rick an idiot, but people who get drunk after uh, after a <laughs> concert and they go home and uh, you know like, oh man, I'm I'm out of candy. I can't. I don't have any. You know, wouldn't it be funny? Target, Target doesn't have. It's like the people who give their dogs alcohol or beer because they think it's funny. But no, Target goes out of candy. Costco is out of candy. So I guess we got to give these kids something. Let's uh, let's give them a give their parents a fun night by giving them some of the some of these edibles. Um, yeah, Rick, he's calling you out. Just so you I'm know. not calling Rick out. Rick is here to hear my voice. Rick, I'm not calling you out. Too expensive. Well, Rick you know, said in the chat, Oi, you call King, call King me out, Alex? I would never. Actually, I'm going to call Tricky out because I think after last week's discussion that Tricky owes Caneless and a freaking apology for his opinion on... Something. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> internet time, and I know he's going to go to... Steven, where do you fall on candy corn? Oh, it's awful. Thank you. Thank you. It just doesn't taste good at all. It just tastes like ouch. We, we oh, lost Alex. I have to wait until he gets back. You, down didn't, you didn't hear yeah. me because I wasn't calling Rick out. I was calling you out. You you were calling me out for candy corn, correct? No, I wasn't calling you out for candy corn. If you hate candy corn, I don't care. That's your thing. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to okay. shame you for not liking candy corn. To be fair, as someone who will eat candy corn and, and like enjoys candy corn, I get it. I get why people don't like it. So no, you'll get no shade from me for that. You will, however, uh, get me telling you that you owe Caneless an apology last week. Why do I own Caneless Apology? Because you called Caneless that week saying that Twin that uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes was not a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid. And as we learned oh my God. from the Trophy Horse Facebook page this week, multiple people, in fact, everyone else, sided with Caneless and said you were wrong. Oh, yeah, it's totally a remake. So. Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not going down do this you, path do you, you guys. Do you want to, do you just, no, there's no path. You just need to give Caneless an apology. 
It it's not a remake. Caneless, listen when when Caneless is in the chat next week, you can make your apology. Caneless, on behalf of Tricky Mick, I make an apology because yeah. he's he's too much. He's too proud to do it to admit he was wrong. <laughs> Rick's in the chat saying, uh, it, "It fucking is." Tricky doesn't know what a port is. <laughs> I, I'm not going down this path on this show. Alex, your shout out, sir. Give a shout out to, to the listeners, the community, the fans, the, I think I said fans already, the community, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horrors, the people that keep us going. Thank you all very much for, uh, for joining us this week. We had some fans from the dual screens. Hopefully you all will, you know, stick around and come back to future episodes. We got some good stuff planned for episode 550. Rick, always good to, to hear from you as well as Felicia. Good to hear from both of you also. Give a shout out to the community. I want to give a shout out to Tricky as well as Yield, who could not be here tonight. But most importantly, a shout out to Steven. We don't get to podcast nearly uh, as often as we used to. We used to every week, and it was a lot of fun. But I'm always glad to have you on, sir. Thank you for uh, your busy man. So thank you for for spending some time with us. Maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can convince Steven to come back every week. There's not a chance in hell I'd be coming every week. <laughs> I, I I edited. Five podcasts before doing the show tonight. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I put, I put, I too much I, going on. I, I, I put it into the chat because I was on vacation. <laughs> I've done five guest appearances on podcasts this week, and then after that, I did one more. So I was on a total of seven podcasts last week. But see, that's the thing: Thanks. you're not editing any one of those other ones. You just edited Trophy Horse. Steven actually edited five as a po- other podcasts, so it's completely different. Uh, it's been busy. It's been a bu- it's been a busy couple of weeks. It's been a busy year. We did a showcase for God's yeah. sakes. That was crazy. I, I, I got to point something out real quick, and I know this this is not going to apply to anybody that's not seeing the Twitch chat, but Ninja put um, uh, an emoji in the chat. Ninja Tito. Okay. Now, on the stream that's to my left, it's a green Sonic. On Mm -hmm. the chat program that's in front of me, which is the Streamlabs chatbot, it's a completely different emoji. So I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Those are the best emojis. Well, he put the same thing, but uh, it's two different emojis. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for popping in uh, to the show. Thank you very much to Ninja, to uh, Matt Murray, to Mikey Kirsch. Uh, I don't think Mikey Kirsch is in the chat anymore. Uh, so shout-out to everybody that came over from Dual Screens. Thank you, Stephen, for bringing those people over and introducing them to the, the wonderful world of Trophy Horse. Uh, as Alex said, we hope to keep you guys around. That's why I bribed you with subs. I gifted everybody <laughs> subs. Hope you guys stick around. Uh, oh, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, Rick wants me to plug the Patreon. Yes, patreon.com backslash uh, gamer. We have our Patreon for a dollar now. You can listen to our bonus shows. We just released two bonus shows last week on the all the delays that were happening in 2022, so go check those out. Uh, we got more Patreon content coming uh, I'm going to try to get Steven on a couple of the the Patreon contents because the one that we did, we had the shelf uh, because we got some bad feedback for the first episode. Not your show, Steven. The Tricky uh, Thoughts? Was that, what that was, was the Tricky Thoughts. I, I released the first one. It got such bad feedback, I had to cancel the whole series. So your episode and Andy's episode never aired. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, everybody that came out to the Twitch chat last night for the SLI stream. That's Felicia. That's uh, Daryl. That's Joe Priestley. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people here right now. Mo- I was Dupes- working for a few hours. Dupes came in. Uh, 
we saw we did see Batchild in there for a while, although he doesn't talk. And then when you send him text messages and call him, he never answers his phone. So I don't know how we're still friends anymore. I was busy, man. Busy. <laughs> That's why I was lurking. Too too busy to to send back. Uh, are you Igor? Yes. Listen, man. Listen. Okay. A lot of things happening over here in 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 my in my world. Okay. I I know I know your world. Okay. I I see you're improving over there. Start setting up your little streaming room in there, trying to look professional. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but yeah, sure. sure. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, I I don't mean my shout outs, but plug your uh, Twitch channel, please. Uh, yeah, I stream uh, twitch.tv slash Batchild and uh, record a couple of uh, podcasts. Actually, it, right now we're only doing one show a week. We're doing uh, uh, Indies Nuts podcast on twitch.tv slash dual screen streams, D-U-E-L screens streams. Um, so if you want to go and follow over there, you can. You can watch us do a show every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Um, that is all about the indie news reviews and previews, uh, all indie games for about an hour. Um, and, uh, if you don't mind, I would also, uh, like to want just one more time, plug, uh, the dual screens podcast, uh, which you can find on our YouTube. You can find all everything on our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash dual screens TV, but you, uh, the dual screens podcast is also on any, uh, podcast service that you like. And that's an indie developer interview podcast. And we actually, uh, and we also interview uh, voice actors, producers, all, all kinds of talent. And we actually just finished a, an interview with uh, Maggie Robertson, who was the voice of Big Lady D in Resident Evil Village. Um, so if you want to hear that and, and other kinds of uh, stuff like that, we have a lot of horror games going up because uh, we recorded so much stuff. We also did a, an indie game showcase called Another Indie Game Showcase. You can find that on our YouTube as well. A lot of really cool games. Um, but if you like indie games or you want to play more games that people may not be getting or giving a platform to, uh, check out check out our stuff. That's it. Thank yeah, you. I was, I was going to tell you to plug the showcase because that, uh, I have to give you guys credit for it. That looked like a lot of hard work went into everything that was done there and I am really proud of you guys. Uh, Andy was on the show. I think the weekend after that aired so uh, we, I yeah, it aired on a monday and he he was on i think of that that following sunday i think yeah, yeah so i i want to give you a shout out because that was spectacular you'd put a lot of hard work into that and it paid off and it was a very successful video from what i've seen so i want to give you a shout out for that because that that was impressive thank you appreciate uh, that again everybody that was in the twitch chat uh thank you very much thank you to sweet mama d uh shout out to the goddess who took care of me yesterday while I was streaming. Uh, again, everybody in the chat yesterday, thank you very much. Uh, I could not make it through the 25 hours without you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, and if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Shout out to Ashley. I love you, hon. You forgot to shout her out? You didn't let me. <laughs> I didn't do We Did derailed. I cut you off? It, we, it was just a derailment. I'm sorry, Alex. I shout. got it in there. I, I, I said shout out to her. Okay. Put it in there. You got it. Sorry, Ashley.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. Yo, normally I would switch it over and, you know, do the outro screen right now. But I have to say, if you guys are not watching the Twitch stream and not watching the YouTube video, you guys are missing a show because Steven just rocked out with his cock out. Whoa, easy, easy. Terms of service. <laughs>